Hey Kurt, this is Richard Wilson from Mad Shelley Films, and we have a message for you. This, this is, is Mad Shelley Films, and, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto Radio. Tommy Blue, tell us about Pelican Hill. So remind me, what was it like? Paulie Shores asked me what his, what my favorite green room that we've been in was, and I said Pelican Hill. So there was a Pelican Hill is a golf, like a five star resort golf club we played at. I remember the golf club. And it's kind of in it's kind of San Diego, right? Or mm-hmm. on the way to San Diego. From we were LA. surrounded by all that water. Remember that? Just yeah, how yeah. majestic yeah. that was. And uh, the green room was a huge room with a big panoramic window of the water, and then. There was one table, a huge round table that we all sat at in the middle of the room. But it was like yeah. a huge room with <laughs> yeah, one table yeah. in the middle. But then yeah. the spread was amazing. They oh. had like all the tiny Coke bottles and oh. they had all the, the food. The pasta was actually like really good. And, I'm tiny. Uh, that was my favorite. I asked you that because I totally forgot about that yeah. one. That one was good. Tiny probably, Coke bottles. Probably my favorite. We, your was favorite? My favorite was, mm-hmm. was oh, yes, yes, yes. the green uh, room oh, at the... When, when we stayed in the bungalows for Cordeval, they had us in this uh, on the on the golf court on the golf course in the resort, and it was this beautiful house, beautiful house um, that they had us in. Um, we got to stay there the whole time, but it wasn't really our green room before we played. It was just where we were staying for the two nights we were there. It was beautiful. <laughs> Where are we back? Okay, you're back. I'm done with my story. Were you? Did you like your? Did you? You like that green room a lot? Well, yeah, yeah. I remember it. I just, like I just most talked about, about Cordeval. I just talked about where. What did you like most about it? Uh, it wasn't really a green room, Cordeval. I'm talking about Cordeval when we were in. Uh, oh, oh, oh! You weren't talking you about were your favorite in. green room. No. What was your favorite green room experience so far with Yachtly Crew, with Robin? Yachtly Crew, because we've never been to the ones, all the ones you've been to with you. I guess uh, the cave. I don't know the cave. Ooh, the cave. Because we got the oh, little trailer out there. Yeah, the trailer. Yeah, the, the trailer. Kind of fun. Do you I like just like nachos. The cave, Do you like the book of nachos? Uh, the bowl of nachos the most. Yes. <laughs> the bowl of nachos. <laughs> <laughs> so you should give uh, us a bowl of nachos mm, in it. I don't remember the bowl of nachos. Actually, I'm locked out of the green room now. Everybody yeah, yeah. Now I'm <laughs> you're out. Sorry, you're locked yeah, out. I'm locked out. Everybody's going upstairs. Is there food up oh, there? I don't know. Let's no, go we're up. gonna go somewhere to eat though. We're not gonna eat here. Up there. We're going upstairs. Uh, We're not finished yet anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, uh, oh, yeah, town. we'll talk to you guys more later. Um, we're here with Craig Spivak. Once again, the man, the myth, the legend. We are going to go into Unusual Tuesdays tonight. Now, my hope is I have on flash drive in my pocket the latest opus, the latest uh, creation that I made. It's five minutes and eight seconds. Five being the number of synchronicity, eight being the number of uh, infinity. I'm going to talk to Noel tonight, see if we can get that up there, because I think it's going to be this movie that I created. It's a Christmas movie, and I would like to get this in. uh, It's perfect, perfect time. It's it's the holiday. Tis the season, as one might say. So... uh, Craig just got done doing an open mic at, what was it called, the Fourth Wall? I was at Fourth Wall, North Hollywood, at Burbank Boulevard. And I don't remember the damn address, but... So, and this is a place you've been going to often? <laughs> yeah, I, I go there about two or three times a week, do my open mics there. I also go to HaHa, do my open mics there, try to get tight. Oh, you do go to HaHa still? I just, I, yeah, I go to I was just at HaHa. Jenny, my sister was just asking about that. Yeah, no, I was there Friday. Oh, okay. Uh, and I went to their Christmas party, which was 
last Tuesday. What was that like? Was there any Santa Clauses? You know, it was it was it was booming, and it's a weird scene at the Ha because you never know who's showing up. And there's two two classes of people that are there. There's the open micers, and then there's the uh, the regulars. You know. Yeah. And so well, I. Thought, regulars is in people who go in there to watch. Uh, regulars, like no, like people, the guys, mainly men who are regulars on the comedy scene, who are headliners, who are touring. Oh, or, that's what you mean. You that's know, popular mean. guys. You know, that's what you mean by regulars, not like regulars who just hang out at the bar. They're, not like in the terms of like, oh, it's regulars too. But no, it's those like, those are you would classify like those. Yeah, you would classify those more at open micer status. You know, uh-huh. everyone in there. You're is saying tra- regulars like people that you see around. Like, yeah. uh, Jamie Kennedy was there one time. Jamie's, oh, he's there a and lot. I, you were yeah. there. You were there one night, and he was there. Yeah, he's there. He, I, he's there a lot. He's there a lot. Yeah. He, wow. Yeah, he he gets all his material because it's easier to get stage time there. It's much why not? Easier. You know, that's the best thing. Why not? Sometimes easier to get a set, fifteen minute set at Haha than it is at the comedy store. Are you kidding? That's why he's there. Is that interesting? So here we have some comedians who are aspiring to be at the comedy store in these big stages yet you got the the big guys who are aspiring to just get any sort of stage They're time whatsoever all it. they all slumming at the ha ha it's funny nobody you hear wants this kind to of talk thing. about nobody knows that nobody wants to admit it but everyone does their slum time but why ha-ha. but why do they call it slumming it why <laughs> because, not experimentation because i i would well i'm being yeah to me it sounds like experimentation because it's not over the hill free form like not, uh, uh, over the hill the, the comedy store the laugh factory the improv these are all you know, people uh, frown on the valley things or absolutely. what? Absolutely. Why? I don't know. I've There's always wondered about that. The valley. I wondered about it too. There's no. I would difference. always hear these jokes like oh, eight one eight and make it fun of the valley, but I could never. Why, I never understood why. You know, being in, be, not being a native. You're a native, so why do you think? I, I mean, I think there's always been a definitive dividing line between valley and city, and I don't know why that was or is. The comedy store is the. The original, so maybe that has to do with it, mm. and that's in deep Hollywood. And obviously, the Improv and Laugh Factory came. I think they that talk about the Ha Ha and Swingers actually. John Favreau probably. brings they it. They probably up. mention it, except he calls it the Ha Ha Hole. He probably says the Ha Ha Hole or something. The chuckle. Yeah, he hole, uses ha-ha. a different, but he says Ha Ha. I think he was. I think he was lampooning. I think they were. Uh, they were making up like a name a at the time, up. but they didn't mean to to actually run into. Uh, an actual place. I think. Oh. That, I think that's what it was. But I say, so, oh, he's a comedian in the movie. He is. He's a failed actor, failed comedian, and, and it's brutal and it's hysterical. And he's brilliant at it. But yeah, I, 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 there, there's, there's plenty of legitimacy to the ha. I don't know why it gets it gets a bad rap, and I wish it wouldn't. Uh, it's just they run things differently there than. Do you than, think they pay Jamie Kennedy to perform there? Or no, no, I don't think they pay anybody. Maybe they give you twenty, twenty-five. To, uh, if you're a big headliner guy and you're on their schedule for the Friday or Saturday night show you get 20 bucks that's it so we're talking about national headliners you know what I if mean? these guys paid big money for people to be there would would it be considered less of slumming it probably yeah because they so, would put more into their marketing they'd put more into their merch they'd probably redo uh, uh, the architecture you know they would yeah they would class the joint up they know they can't they know they don't want it they don't have to they're making money hand over fist without that why would you why would you? But yeah, I mean, would, the night, the Christmas party was that. It was, it, was a, it was a lot of the guys that have been there for years and years, and then you see them at the Christmas party, and there wasn't a whole lot of open micers there. I saw a handful of guys that I, I open mic with, and that was about it. So the Christmas party was an open mic? No, there was no open mic going on at oh. all. It was, they did a bingo, <clears throat> and they did a, a giveaway and a raffle, 
and it was very schmoozy. It was fun. It was fun. It was interesting seeing people. I, t- I schmoozed. That part of it was fun, you know. I, you know. There was no shows or anything. It was just zany stuff, you know, so. But I, it's like I could Zany get, stuff? Zany stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Like, a, what, what, what are some zany hey, look things? Look out for the clown car coming through. <laughs> it's a comedy play. Yeah. Well, we better do zany. that. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of, of doodling. Like for artists, it's doodling, and this is just like for comedians, this exactly. is just zany. There's just random zaniness breaking out anywhere and everywhere because it's a comedy club. So hey. what, if, what if the mission... Look out for that rubber chicken. What if the mission for the comedy was for it to be zany, then you then it's, then it's there's no distinguishing mark. Yeah, exactly. Just it's, like if the artist embraced you know, doodling. The irony, is, the irony is like comics and the vibe there is so miserable. It's like actual zaniness and warmth I think would be just, you know, you'd be cast out. You know, stop trying to bring joy into this <laughs> domicile, you know, it's all, it's domicile. All, all of those fucking places are like. How funny is that? Built what around a funny misery. oxymoron. Here are the comedians saying, "Don't bring joy in them." You know, bring, like you know, everyone's laughing and having a good time, but you yeah. can't. You know, you like where we're going tonight with the sun space stuff. That's there's there's a warmth there. You know, it's a different vibe. You yeah. know, it's like a hippie vibe and a warmth vibe and all that stuff. Don't even think about bringing that to high. You can you get fucking killed. You get clobbered. We getting tacades? I'll do it. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is you know Craig Spivak. He's got his finger on the pulse of comedy uh, on the comedy circuit. You like the great, you like the Charles Bukowski of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> How cool is that? We got the Charles Bukowski. There it is. There it is. Isn't that funny though? If you think about it, like that was his poetry. That was his poetry. And I'm oh, putting that in quotes. Well, but it's it's like he did that unapologetically, and then it, he somehow ended up becoming who he was. But by just doing what he was doing, it was just it's just yeah, incredible. No, he was just expressing what was inside. Yeah, and he did that for 50, 60 years. So, so think about this, man. These moments that we're hanging out. This this is like the the recordings that you hear of like um, Ginsburg and Kerouac talking, and you know all that kinds of kick ass stuff going on with Do those guys. Anything? Uh, no, mm, no, no, I don't think I'm going to get anything. Pineapple-filled cream cakes. There's so many interesting things in the aisles. <laughs> and it all comes out like... Hi. Hi, I'm going to take care of these, and uh, do you think it would be a good idea for also for us to get a couple of fireball shots? Do we have a couple of those fireball shots, too? Uh, one, one for each of us, please. You want some money? Oh no, I'm gonna take care of this. You, you took me All right. Much like Bukowski, I'm taking advantage of your good nature to get drunk. Dude. Here we go. Uh, oh, no, no, thank you. Oh, you know what? Can we have a bag? Yeah. We're trying to do our best to appear like gentlemen. We're gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. We are certainly on a quest. Why you don't take this one? <laughs> Thank you. You take care. So, um, what's what are some of your favorite stages that you want to perform? Oh. 
would love to perform. Let's just dream. Let's dream Absolutely. big. What are they? I would love to do the comedy store, of course, and uh-huh. the improv. The improv main stage, comedy store main Ooh. stage. Uh, I would do the comedy store OR, the original room. That'd be great. And uh, OR. I love it. OR is like OG. OR, baby. That is the dream. That's about it. I mean, those are. I, I've, That's I've, it? I've, well, yeah, I've done everything else. Okay, so you've so you're telling me you've you've done Madison Square Garden. I would do you know, Carnegie Hall. About what I do, stadium. I, Carnegie done Soldier because Field. Kaufman did Carnegie. I would want. To yeah, do I would want to do Carnegie. Absolutely, Carnegie. And like because L A, I would love to do the Wiltern, uh, the Palladium. So many good places. Wouldn't that be amazing if I could pack the Palladium? Yes. Holy crap! That'd be great. L Ray. I do the L Ray. So I, many places. I don't think I would want to do Stadium. I don't know if Kodak. Kodak, Kodak yeah. Theater. I would do, also yeah, the place that. that that's a, yeah, that's a what nice. about the place that used to be Nokia Theater? What's that? Microsoft. Yeah, I've been there for shows. It's a that's little. Huge. It's a little too huge. I don't know if that's. Good you wouldn't for want to get paid all that kind of money though to perform there. I don't need money. <laughs> <laughs> money is for Homer. Yeah, I don't. That's just way. That's just way too much money for that amount of seats. Don't insult me, <laughs> sir. With this talk of coinage. <laughs> coinage. Talk of coinage, how dare you! <laughs> so cheap in the moment. I've spilled my yen again. <laughs> Just place the bag of ones in the back seat of the car. Leave quietly. I don't know. Yeah, the whole This audio audiobook brought to you by Craig Spivak and Kurt Clendenin. We're gonna sit on our favorite bench out here in front of Sunspace before we freeze our balls off. Do you wanna talk to him first? Oh. Should we? Yeah. Should we should probably talk to him first. Yeah, folks, we're gonna. Actually, we're gonna take you with us. We're gonna take you with us. Hey, so, um, I have a, I have a, a five-minute short film. Would I be able to shoot, play tonight? Oh, um, yeah, uh, sure, yeah, yeah, uh. Um, yeah. And if not, then no, no big deal. But I was thinking if, if we could just uh, test the sound. You know, if so, then we should probably test the sound just to make sure that it's not going to... Yeah, yeah, Hey. You know, very rarely here on Inspirato Projecto do we talk about the fear uh, that happens while um, creating things, you know, or that moment after you've, you've spent all that time creating something and then all of a sudden, bam, you send it out there into the universe and now there it is. And there's nothing more after that really except to to either accept the accolades or to you know who knows what happens next so craig and i are talking about this at uh, outside in the back of uh sunland sunspace so tell me craig what is this crazy fear that comes over you like for you to best describe it for instance you were just saying when you um publish your books what happens oh great well um i was just trying to describe to you the sensation um uh, when I would upload something to YouTube or Facebook or also Kindle because I've released books, 
the, you know, there would be a grace period where you're like, oh, it's so cathartic. I just, I just, you know, you hit the uh, send button, you hit the export button, you hit the upload button, whatever it is, and you feel great. And, and you walk away from the computer and you get something to eat and you're chilling out and you're taking a nap and you're meditating, whatever. And then like two hours go by and you wake up in a fucking cold panic. You're like, what did I just do? Oh, my fucking God. Am I crazy? You know? what, what was the main um, – why did you feel what, – what were some of the elements behind why you felt a little out of whack? There's no elements to it. There's no logic to it because you have to understand you've just sort of released this giant – package of you to the universe right 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 so you, you in the in the initial moment right that rocket ship is taking off you're like fuck this you spend we're x amount fucking, of we're, 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 we're a rocket ship we're going to fucking mars we're doing this bitch here we are check this out look at that fucking rocket we're fucking making the atmosphere we're fucking we made it out of the atmosphere we're in stage two we're headed to so mars you spend a week you spend a month you spend years, spend years upon creating this thing it, and then, bam there it boom, is done it good so then there's that lax period where you realize all right i've made trajectory i've i've I'm on. I've made trajectory. You know, yeah, I've made trajectory. Yeah. I'm I'm out of the atmosphere. But they're now the, orbiting. The algorithms are working. Orbiting. The the algebra's yeah, all, all the there. Algor- yeah, all the algebra. Everything's there, fucking tasty and tasty and sweet uh-huh. and all that. And you get to take off your fucking astronaut uniform or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just chill. You get to shit into a bag. It's a float around naked. Just float just around. Floating okay, around, dude. Fucking jerk off into a bag. Dude, you know, you fucking is. made it. And then you sleep for a little bit. You have that sort of relaxing moment. Like, oh, whatever. Dude, that. I totally. Yeah, I totally. I just created this thing. There it is. Whatever it is, and then you, 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 you so you, you catch up to yourself in some way, and there's mm-hmm. just this sort of uh, uh, backlash or, or <laughs> rebound where you're just like, oh my god, what did I, you know? <laughs> I mean, what it, are it some was, of the main points that, that you feel once you? Like in those well, moments, is like, it like, oh gosh, I could have added this, or I could have added yeah, that, no, or absolutely. I should have used different music, or absolutely. what? What is everything? Uh, every yes, yes, and to all of that. You know what I mean? If it was a if it was a music piece or something, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I, I forgot to do that chorus or I didn't record it well. If it was a piece of, uh, uh, if it was a a, a, a a book that I wrote or a chapter, I forgot to write this chapter. I forgot to write this thing. Oh my god, I forgot to edit this part out. You know all that stuff. Oh my god, what? Did I, you know, it it comes in. If I if it was a video, I was like, oh, I should have cut that part to 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 make it work better. Uh, blah blah blah. You know all that. Whatever that doubt person percentage uh it comes just in 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 sheep's clothing and just grabs at you and just destroys you and it's so once that once that swoops in i mean how long do you usually find i mean is there kind of a have you found yourself with like um stereotypically some sort of grace period within that time where you you're like okay you're dealing with that and then you get past it you you get past it somehow you know what I mean? Uh, it, it, How long do you allow for yourself to deal with that sort of torture? Well, it, it, if you're new to it, it took it, it went for hours. You know what I mean? So I mean, 20 years ago, when something like that would occur, and I would release something into the into the ether, um, there would be that pleasant grace period, and then there would be a panic for an hour, two hours, oh two hours straight. Can you imagine? Oh no. Can you imagine being in a panic for two hours straight? Oh That's boy. what it was, because you felt. Uh, vulnerable. You felt violated. You felt uh, ashamed. You didn't really have. But like, what? Like, is it ashamed from like? So, are you imagining like from the perspective of some outside uh, creature, some outside perspective, some outside cr- critic? 
Yes, absolutely. Who is who is the uh, the evil? Who's the evil ether that you're imagining? I don't know. I will call it uh, the collective uh, unconscious, as you so described. All of your like the worst enemies just going. You did it wrong. You did it wrong. That was wrong. I think it's all of the uh, the worst fears that you can think of uh, amalgamated into a first person that's just uh, nothing but self doubt. Oh my god, and, dude! And it's horrible, and it's a lie. That's my point. I'm trying to tell you, it's a lie. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, that is just so good to hear. It's all a lie, ladies and gentlemen. That's the takeaway here. It's all a lie. Don't let yourself believe it. I think we have some yeah, things going on at, inside here. Are you? How are you doing with that? I'll finish this. Don't worry about me. I'll pee. Go on without me. I gotta pee, dude. It's gonna be like a three-minute pee. Three, Nothing ever pleased her son. So she bought Prince Zach a giant slide. 
an air balloon for private rides, a clown for juggling new trees for climbing, and one sad chap who was supposed to be miming, which if you don't know, requires precision and timing. <laughs> if I wasn't holding a mic, I'd mime it. But this didn't please Zach. He wanted more. I want the sea, I want the shore, I even want the ocean floor, and I deserve it because I'm Prince Zach. The king almost had a heart attack. The ocean floor, exclaimed his dad. This isn't good, it's gotten bad. Our son's growing up, he'll be a teen. Do something, you're his mother, the queen. But the queen, of course, was in total denial. She'd say, that's our son, with a whimper and smile. So Prince Zach did what he pleased all day and always, always got his way. Let me stop for a sec, stop for a second so I can just get, get myself figured out what I'm even saying. Soon the days have turned to years, solidifying the king. I don't even know, can you even, am I making sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. then, okay, sorry. Then he can play. Play, I feel like I'm such a, I'm, I'm turning into a hag, I'm a bitch. Okay, play, you can play. Okay. So Prince Zach did what he pleased all day and always, always got his way. Soon the days had turned to years, solidifying the king's worst fears. The king was embarrassed, ashamed of his son. A prince like this should not be the one to lead all the people to inherit the crown. Imagine what people are thinking in town. The queen said, I know it's utterly shaming, but isn't it you now who's continually blaming? The king sunk in his chair. I oh, shit, I skipped the part. The king sunk in his chair. I suppose that's true, but I'm at lost of what to do. How do we teach him to be grateful and kind? The king rose from his throne when a thought came to mind. The king's eyes widened. He clutched. He turned to the queen. Perhaps what I'm thinking is rather extreme. We'll send him far away from here, give him a taste of fright and fear, then search for him after a year or two or three. It all depends when Zach grows up and this behavior ends. The queen was worried it might not work, but we have to do it because our son's a jerk. So they sent Prince Zach out to the forest where people were needy and hungry, the poorest. They dropped him off and hoped nature would teach him because obviously nothing they did could reach him. And as luck would have it, Zach met a witch who liked to sew and craft and stitch. And despite her provisions, meaning a bed and some food, Zach wasn't gracious. In fact, he was rude. What is this? You call this soup? It tastes like eggs and monkey poop. The witch, she smiled. Oh, do you think? She stirred the pot and gave a wink. How was your nap? Did you like your bed? Did you get to rest your weary head? About my bed, Prince Zach suggested. It's rather hard and I'm not well rested. The blanket's rough and much too itchy. I couldn't sleep because I felt too twitchy. Maybe you ought to go into town and buy me a mattress made of down. The witch just listened and shook her head. She reached for the spices and they all turned to thread. I'm not sure, boy, if you know, but I'm a witch who likes to sew and poof a frog hop from the pond. Her ladle turned into a wand. You've been in my hovel not even a week. Perhaps you should think before you speak. You insult my bed, you critique my soup. She grabbed some thread and made a loop and then with sounds of clips and snips and zips, she put her finger to her lips. 
O oh, fairest, fairest of these lands, she reached out with her bony hands. I'm not evil, but here's my confession. This prince right here, he needs a lesson. The roof exploded from the shack, and guess what happened to Prince Zack? His mouth, it narrowed, it turned thin, and something happened from within. Slowly, stitches formed their way across his lips. He tried to say, help and stop, but it was no use. He couldn't even drink his juice. My, she cackled, how divine. I don't like boys who act out of line, so I sewed upon your ungrateful face two stitched up lips with a zipper in place. Prince Zack wanted to scream. He wanted to scold her. If he had lips, he sure would have told her, you're in trouble, you're fired, time for a beheading. And to think it was all about some soup and some bedding. The prince grabbed the blanket and headed out for the hills, ignoring the cold and th sleeping through chills. Day after day, his lips didn't stir. They barely could move. He couldn't even say fur. Soon came the snow and the ice and the rain. The prince spoke not a word. He never complained. And over time, he grew stronger, more noble, more quiet. And having zips from your lip for your lips is sure quite a diet. But the prince became someone so handsome and sure, it's almost without words, his thoughts became pure. He walked and he hiked, enjoying nature and trees. He swam in the lakes and he traveled the seas. And as opposed to complaining, he spent time admiring. He saw beauty in people, found nature inspiring, and the distance he traveled was really quite tiring. Then one day, resting by a brook, he peeked through trees and caught a look from a beautiful princess, a beautiful girl, her long flowing locks that were perfectly curled. And he watched her drink water and frolic and play. And he wanted to speak in the most incredible way. And with each word of kindness, he thought to say, his stitches slowly went away. They popped and pulled and in one quick sip, he felt a tingle in his lip. His fate would have it, his words came out mumbled. His tongue tripped on his teeth and it all came out jumbled. He cleared his throat and he tried to speak, but his words came out in a high-pitched squeak. The kind princess smiled and said, here, take my hand. You don't have to speak because I understand. And in that brief little moment, the spell was completed. The stitch of the witch and her curse was defeated. The king and queen were truly in awe. Prince Zack had grown so they couldn't believe what they saw. Zack soon ruled the kingdom, a proud, noble king. Not much for jewels or for other fine things. He said, get out in nature, go travel, make art. He was a fair king who ruled with his heart. But mostly, King Zack always thought before speaking to avoid any unwanted zippers or squeaking. some different kinds of dinosaurs that you probably haven't seen. So I'll just briefly share with you a little bit about me. Noel asked me to come here, and I've been doing dinosaur lectures, uh, I guess this is number 13 now, 
Archaeopteryx. It's a very famous specimen. And here's the wings uh, and the tail. You can see the head is kind of in the death pose. The neck is curled back around, and that's the beak right there. This is what she looked like when she was flying. Claws and a tail and teeth. That's what we call a dinosaur. So this is a bird, a, a bird it's called a proto-bird, kind of a dinosaur transitioning into a bird. And we've known this for 160 years. So this is not controversial or unknown. We've known this for a long time. So I wanted to just share those fossils with you. Let's look at some really wonderful fossils that you probably haven't seen from the kind of the skeleton standpoint. I just wanted to share, this is the stegosaur family, so everybody knows what a stegosaur is. These are the ones with the big plates. But this is uh, Tuojingosaurus, and she is just a wonderful specimen here. And I just wanted to share with you, uh, uh, these are herbivores that are very early in the game. So she's Jurassic probably, uh, you know, somewhere around 160 million years old. So that's a very early dinosaur. They died out quite a bit. These were replaced by the Ceratopsians. So this is the Triceratops everybody's familiar with. But this is called the Chasmosaurus, the late Cretaceous. That's right before the asteroid hit. And I just wanted to share with you. Everybody just be, be aware, they have the same pattern you do, and dolphins and turtles. They have one humerus, two wrist, uh, forearm bones, many in the wrist, and then five fingers. So this one, two, many, five pattern repeats all the time. And I just want to say you folks are related to this. So these weapons, I always share with you uh, what the uh, weapons are for this. And these are two very, very common um, herbivores that we look at. One's called a notosaur here, and this is called the ankylosaur with an extremely dangerous, dangerous club tail. This is a very interesting uh, arrangement. And I'm going to show you why would they be evolving these big shoulder spines? Because they're very... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I just thought I had a theory. <laughs> because if, if a carnivore was to try to attack, I imagine they'd go for the neck. Yep. And that shoulder spine, all you got to do is turn that shoulder spine to whatever's bothering you, and you can't get through the shoulder spine. So these are very effective weapons. These guys hang out on the planet when they show up. There. That body plan stays there for a long time, maybe 100, 100 million years. So once we, they developed it, they stayed around for a long time. Yes, ma'am? What material is the club tail made of? Bone. This is all bone. 
So this is another one. This is kind of half and half here. Here's the skeleton, and here's what it looked like on the outside. And it's got a really serious tail here. So this is not lunch. This is not lunch. You, you don't want to mess with her. She's, it's like, not lunch. You couldn't bite through it. You don't want to attack it. She gets down low, and she'll just run over you like a bowling ball. So anyway, this is another one called uh, Gastonia. But this, again, is a very, very very difficult animal to penetrate. Once they show up, these guys stay around for a long time, very successful herbivore. And why would you want to develop those shoulder spines? <laughs> okay, here is Allosaurus, and this is what you're trying to protect against. So I just want to share those with you. Y'all meet your ancestors here. These are uh, proto-mammals called uh, mammal-like reptiles or synapses. So that's your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother. <laughs> um, I love sauropods, so everybody should know that I, I like the big ones, and I've been just back from Montana in July, and I'm going to show you some really cool ones, but I want to talk about sauropods. All sauropods have, they look very defenseless and like their lunch. They're not lunch. This tail moves supersonic speeds, 740 miles an hour. And when she whips it, she can just, just snap your neck off. So don't bother her. All of the sauropods have this thumb claw here. This is extremely effective. Once it shows up, it just gets bigger and longer and more dangerous. And all of the sauropods have it. Here's a beautiful sauropod, uh, Diplodocid. She has the, the thumb claw as well, and that's a beautiful specimen. I like this one. I went to Montana to work on this one this summer called Suwasei. This is early thunder in the Crow Nation language. This is animal, is the skeleton. We have the tail. We found actually two of them. And I took this picture about four months ago. I actually moved a lot of the dirt off this tail about four months ago to expose it. This has now been all dug up, put in plaster jackets, and it's back at the museum in Philadelphia. I also worked on a diplodocid called Diplodocus. This is actual the specimen, about 175 feet long. It's a huge, huge specimen yesterday. Is that what Diplo is named? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. So this is a very, a very special, special animal. Um, once the sauropods show up on the planet, they stay for the whole 160 million years, so they're very successful. Um, I worked on the shoulder, the neck, I found the neck, and I found a rib bone, and this is the actual neck vertebrae of the Diplodocus dinosaur sitting on top of a rib, diving underneath. That's my ruler, and I took that picture. And I, th I, was th I uncovered this bow. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. It is 11.21 uh, a.m. It's uh, December 18th. I'm heading on up to a school to substitute teach uh, improv for my buddy Darren Tunder. You've uh, you guys have been with me on, a, on on these journeys before. In fact, it was on one of these journeys that we came across in an Uber. We did an interview. I think it was on the way back from one of these places. Uh, came across a. 
an actress by the name of Anna Marta. A-N-A-M-A-R-T-E. Curly-haired gal. Very curly. And um, makes her own content. Puts it on Instagram. I'm sure also on uh, YouTube. And she happened to be in the Uber vehicle with me. And I interviewed her. And... um, it's interesting because it was, I think it was around the time of Kapow, actually, that I was walking around and I happened to be podcasting. And then all of a sudden, there she is standing outside of a bar. And if I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe. Yeah, I was in the middle of podcasting, and then I think you can hear me say, "Oh my gosh, Anna Marta, I interviewed you. I met you in a. I met you in an Uber." And uh, and then and then she she remembered, so it was pretty cool. It was pretty crazy. So we're heading on up, someplace in Glendale, I believe, one of the schools that Darren Tunder teaches at. He's a friend of mine from back at uh, Columbia College and I don't know if you guys heard me mention this yet or not but I've been reading that book big book called Ensemble it's all about Chicago theater it's all about the Compass Players uh, Second City improvisation as we know it and it's all about that ensemble spirit which is what it is all about. Those of you who listen to this show know how much I talk about that, how much I favor it, how much I appreciate it. Heck, if you've been along this long, you've probably heard a lot of stories recycled, haven't you? You've probably heard a lot of recycled stories. The The main topics, basically, of this program, of this variety, varietal program, The main subjects of this is cooperation, reciprocation, collaboration. All all of the base elements that were taught in Sesame Street, the base elements that were taught in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Um, Heck, let's throw uh, Bob Ross in there, too. Bob Ross taught us about improvisation. He taught us to make something with what we've got even if it seems like it's a mistake even if it's if it on the on the outset it just does does not look the way that we intended it to or expected it to there's always something that can be done with it it doesn't have to be scrapped you can mold it sculpt it shape it into something everything is shapeable There's always the possibility of shaping things. So when we have that in mind and we approach art projects that way or heck, any sort of uh, relationships too. Any relationship to something, anything, anybody, 
They're sculptable. They're malleable. And when there's that intention for each uh, end or each side or what have you, each piece of the puzzle, when they when they notice that they are each, you know, connectors to the puzzle and there's a desire to make that agreement, to make that cooperation. Uh, the idea that there's there's enough room for everybody. Uh, there, there, there's enough room for everybody to be who they want to be. And when you got it, when you're in the groove, when you got it, you got it. When you're in the groove, you can move. You can hear the music so much brighter. You can hear the music so much brighter when you're in the groove. Does that sound nice? Think about the record player. Think about that vinyl. Take a look at a vinyl. I've always wondered when I... Looking at that vinyl, it's... I mean, it still mystifies me that we can hear any kind of music, that, that somehow we can capture that and then replay it. Uh, and then on top of that, when you think about that and cutting these little tiny little waves, these little waves into uh, this plastic thing, which then has all these little vibrations, then you got to have a little needle that moves along and reads it. And it listens to it. And that's pretty intriguing to me. Now, the only way that you can really hear what's going on with that record is if that needle is right there in the groove. You can't have a broken needle. And you can't have a broken groove. Because if either one of those things is out of whack, you are not going to, you're not going to get a clear, crispy signal. Oh my God, I'm walking past a bus right now. Oh, I thought that was Mr. Bill. Wait, is it Mr. Bill? There's a snowman on the side of it who looks just like Mr. Bill. Wow, incredible. Do you guys remember that? Saturday Night Live? There's the character Mr. Bill. Oh no, Mr. Bill! So, um, when you got when you got that needle in the groove, when that record is spinning, and that uh, megaphone thing is sending it out, that's that's the thing. That's the deal right there. It's the crisp, clean signal. And you can feel that when you got positive relationships. You got that when you're really tuned into creating what you're creating. That's such a sweet sound. It's a raw, ooh, just such a good one.
So, those are the elements that they're talking about in this in this book, Ensemble. Everybody working together. And that is what my buddy Darren is teaching these kids. Through improv games. These kids, uh, I've seen the evolution of some of these kids. Uh, they have uh, gone from timid to uh, uh, yo quiero to, uh, to manzanas uh, 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 I want uh, the apples <laughs> um, it's funny there's this guy who's out here He's always asking for change, and yet he's he wears, like... It looks like he's wearing designer clothes. And he's asking people for money. So usually when I walk past him, I either speak gibberish... Or the limited amount of Spanish that I know. Luckily, he doesn't speak... I mean... I don't know if he speaks Spanish, but he's, he doesn't look like... Someone that you would normally associate with someone who might speak Spanish. Now looking at a green Lamborghini. Um, Isn't this interesting? You live out in California and see this kind of stuff. It's just here. This stuff becomes plentiful when you live out in California. You could just be driving down the freeway and all of a sudden there's there's a Lamborghini. Bam, there it is. To have a car like that, that can go that fast, do you? One would think that it's kind of a tease to drive around a town that has so much stop and go, and um, you got you got that puppy just revving all day, revving all day, going from stoplight to stoplight. Moving 30 miles an hour or less. Where can you really open up the throttle? I'm sure there are websites out there for that. If you got a Lamborghini, you got a fast car, there's got to be forums, there's got to be something out there where they go, hey, check it out. This stretch of land is a perfect stretch of land for those of you who want to really... Put the pedal to the metal, as one would say. Because how good would that feel to really open it up? I mean, really let it run. What a blast. What a blast. What a great feeling that would be. I've just now uh, noticed my my monitor. I just monitored my... uh, 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 my, um, what do you call it? Posture. And, and, uh, notice that I was hunching. And notice that I was hunching. This is not a good sign. This is a sign that I need to. Come on, come on. Straight up here. Come on. Good posture. Good posture. We don't want to look like we're 70 years old. All right, Um, we'll talk to you guys more later.
talk to you guys more later. There's there's precious seconds here before I go down into the subway. So we'll talk to you more later. Take care. Inspirado Projector Radio. Happy Thanksgiving from Man Behind the Machine. Thank you, Man Behind the Machine, for that wonderful Thanksgiving sentiment. And um, this sentiment goes out to every single one of y'all out there in the world. Uh, thought I'd break up this uh, this little episode quickly here for a brief moment. I'm going to play for you here a song that I created a long time ago called I Am Thankful. And I figured this is a pretty good episode. I know I did a couple of Thanksgiving episodes um, that were closer to when Thanksgiving came out. And of course, if you, as you can tell, this message was from quite some time ago. Um, I've been spacing them out throughout the episodes. So what I'm going to play for you guys this episode right now, and then we're going to get back to the Sunspace stuff with uh, some more dinosaur, more dinosaur activity. Uh, here we go with a song called I Am Thankful. So get a load of this. Gathered here to share the wisdom we've culminated through the year. I am thankful, I am grateful, you are full of something special, I am wishful. I am dreamful, you are full of supernatural. The fact that you're alive is quite a miracle when you think about what you went through to be here now. And all the lives you've touched Long years It's amazing to know what you do when you don't know I am thankful I am grateful You are full of something special I am wishful I am dreamful You are full of supernatural I am grateful, you are full of 
have something special I am wishful I am dreamful You are full of supernatural Wowzers. Now, wasn't that a phenomenal intro from Mad Shelley Films, from that whole production team? Robert T. Wilson and the gang, holy moly, his band of misfits, extraterrestrials, pirates, thespians, uh, channelers, witches, warlocks, writers cauldron stirrers you name it he's got it fortune tellers just an amazing tribe with an amazing talented cast there they are in the uh, what started as halloween girl and continued into under the flowers just it just keeps growing and growing it just keeps getting better and better and they uh he keeps in uh we screen each new episode at kapow each year they're just so good you should check out the editing they're so good uh, find him on, on Instagram, Mad Shelley, M-A-D-S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. You can also look up Under the Flowers, Under the Flowers, and you, it's, it's kind of a horror thing. I, I, it's, it's kind of a horror experience. It's a, it's a very supernatural experience, and it's very convoluted. There's a lot of information in there, so what's great is that, uh, like, just like with Big Lebowski, you go back and you rewatch it, and you keep seeing more and more nuggets. So he's got an amazing concoction. So check out his stuff. Um, also, also coming up on 12-21-2019. 12-21-2019. And what happens when you add 9 plus 1 plus 2? What do you get? 9, 10, 11, 12. So it's 12-21-12. Interesting. Interesting. What do you think about that? Isn't that interesting? That's when uh, my my new and world's first only Christmas this is my first Christmas movie I've ever made. Uh, this is the world world's first Christmas detective thriller uh, cinema. For Instagram TV. This is the world's first. Christmas. Thriller detective. Uh, Christmas detective thriller. Uh, sci-fi? You could say sci-fi. Yeah. And semi-biographical. Let's throw that in the mix. Let's throw that in the mix. They're telling us to put uh, turmeric on stuff. Well, let's just, there There we go. It's my equivalent of turmeric. That, that sp- Sprinkle that spice on there. <laughs> so uh, it's called Santanitas. Santanitas. A Christmas movie. Santanitas. It will be on uh, 12-21-2019. <clears throat> Appearing on Instagram TV. Check it out. Um, 
Keep your eyes open. Find me. It's on the Inspirato Projecto Instagram. I've, by the way, if you want to participate in this program, in this program, want to participate in this program, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Ships ahoy. Submit your audio. You can call. We got the Inspirato Projecto hotline. It's 561-203-9179. Leave a message on the voicemail. I will include it in the episodes. You can also call. That's probably best just if you're just going to call. You know, if you're just going to call in. I'm not going to tell you what to do. However, because, but... In addition to that, if you want, you can email inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. Uh, I would say up to about four minutes of audio. Send it on in. Send it in. Make it experimental. I play field recordings. You got a, uh, you got children laughing. It's your kid's birthday. You know, promote. Use it. To, I, I like to use it to promote stuff. So uh, if you got music, if you got spoken word, whatever you got, man, whatever you got, send me the audio. You've heard Man Behind the Machine on here. You've heard Maria Humphreys. You've heard all kinds of interesting sound bites. Henry, Henry D. Horace with fun facts. I mean, there's all kinds of great stuff that comes through the pipeline here, folks. So uh, Craig Spivak, we've heard his contributions. We've heard Nick Nolte. We've heard Gary Busey. We've heard Mickey Dolenz. We've heard so many people. Rob Broski from Twin Peaks. Jay Asang from Twin Peaks. I mean, the list just keeps going on and on and on and on. And Stu Strauss from Twin Peaks, and the list just keeps going. And Blythe Baines, the musician, just keeps going on and on. It just keeps going on, man. All these wonderful folks uh, contributing their audio to the madness, which is known as Inspirato Projecto. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for contributing. And, uh, yep. Keep your eyes out for Santanitas, 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 the Christmas movie, S-A-N-T-A-N-A-T-A-S, Santanitas. <laughs> you will find it. There's some trailers up on, uh, I had a screening at Sunland Sunspace the other night, which I loved. I loved on that unusual Tuesday. Actually, in the same, yeah, the same night that you just heard this stuff. I, yeah, I had it. Turned out really well. Anyway, keep keep the inspirato flowing. <laughs> Sayonara. Uh, here is my my uh, postscript, my PS, if you will. Uh, thank you so much, Craig Spivak. Thank you, Abby uh, Schachner. Thank you so much, Tommy Bowie and 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 Pauly Shores. And Robin Ryder, all of you guys from Yachtly Crew, thank you, everybody who has ever contributed to this show. Thank you so much, Pauly Shores, who is most likely listening right now, or even John Garside, who's listening right now, or even Josh Clendenin, who's listening right now. I mean, any number of wonderful people out there um, who's tuned in, let me know who you are. You know what? We'll t- let's. This will be like romper room. You get you get back to me. Email me inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. Let me know that you're watching the show, and I will c- include your name in here. How about that? That, that sounds cool. That sounds fun. All right. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening and keep that inspirado flowing. <laughs> hey, 
This is a this is a post uh, PSS or P or po, no that'd be post postscript or no or is it PSS post no that'd be postscript script I guess it is PPS post postscript post postscript Oh my gosh if you could only smell what it smells like out here it's so fresh so fresh and so clean yes it it seems like it's getting cold out here in California but I mean this is. Uh, compared to other places. We're not comparing anything to anyone. Anyway, the main point is, this is a postscript script. I meant to say in that PS, uh, to keep your eyes out, keep your ears out for Santanitas, the Christmas, the world's first uh, Christmas thriller detective indie cinema. It will be on IGTV. IGTV and uh, you can find the trailers right now on Inspirato Projecto that is on Instagram Instagram oh by the way I found my uh, found my files for Kapow when we when we uh, interviewed those guys during Kapow so I'll be getting those up on the Podcast. As for now, if you want to hear the uh, what what happened with Blythe Baines, our wonderful interview with Blythe Baines and Carter Soso, you can go to mixcloud.com slash inspirato projecto and you can hear our K Chung episode from uh, December sixteenth. Yeah, December sixteenth. So keep your ears out for that. See, that guy knows all about it. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll talk to you later for real this time. You keep that inspirado flowing. Owen. 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 Owen.